Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Well, hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Tuesday, the 30th day of January 2024. And we are on the way home from the state capitol where we've been doing the people's business. Unfortunately, the government's been doing their business, number two, all over us. Now, I had a nice refreshing edition of the Truth Hurts program yesterday, I believe, or maybe the day before, where I tried desperately to not spend the entire program bashing gropey Joe Biden. I don't know if you've been watching. I don't watch The View, by the way, but I do watch the excerpts of stupid things said on The View, and I have to temper the number of stupid things said on The View. Otherwise, the entire program would be The View, which I don't think you want to hear. But Joy Reid, one of the idiots from MSNBC, made a comment referencing something that was said on The View, and she was caught on a hot mic. It's all funny when the Democrats get caught in their hot mic moments where their true feelings come out. She was speaking about Joe Biden, saying he's going to start another effing war. And she would be correct. Joe Biden and all of his political cronies, all of his friends, all of his buddies... They have one purpose, and that is to make money at the expense of others. And they don't care how many people die. They don't care how many families are destroyed. As long as they and their buddies in the defense industry get their billions. And for the Biden crime family, as long as they get their kickbacks, their payoffs, and their thank you money. I was speaking with a very learned individual today about the Ukraine war, about the Ukraine war that is none of our business being involved in. It is a regional conflict between Mother Russia and one of her children, the Ukraine. Ukraine was not a democratic society. It is still a dictatorship under Volodymyr Zelensky. And I say this with conviction, having spoken to three people from the Ukraine who live here in the United States, two of whom I've actually had the pleasure of working with over the years. Uh, One I've known for almost 30 years. Actually, probably right at 30 years, to be quite frank with you. Anyway, they look at their home country of the Ukraine just like we look at the United States of America as we struggle in a virtual civil war. Democrat versus Republican. Conservative versus progressive. Common sense thinkers versus liberals. My good friend Nick, his name is Nikolai, but I call him Nick. Nick said, the problem with the Ukraine is you have half the people there who really enjoyed being a part of the Soviet Union. They did. They enjoyed it. It was not so bad for them. The other half 
wants to be their own autonomous democracy, but it has not ever been one, and it will never be one when you have a dictator like Zelensky in charge. The former stand-up comedian turned president of that nation has shut down all media, print, internet, radio, television. Nothing can be published in the Ukraine unless it is approved by Volodymyr Zelensky. Does that sound like a free democratic society to you? He also made it illegal for anyone to say anything negative against him, his family, or his government officials. That would be like Joe Biden waking up tomorrow and saying, anyone who has anything bad to say about me shall either be imprisoned or killed. Does that sound like a free democratic society to you? Now you can believe what you want. I believe people who have lived there, who still have family members there. It's similar, in my opinion, to the people of Cuba. Cuba is a dictatorship, a communist-ruled country. And we, the United States of America, made it illegal to do business with Cuba, to go visit Cuba, to buy a 57 Chevy from Cuba. I don't necessarily agree with that, but hey, that's our country's laws. In Cuba, you have many people who love their homeland, but hate the Castros. You have many people who yearn to be free, but cannot. And Cuba is very similar to the Ukraine in their way of dealing with people who disagree with the government. You wind up on the wrong side of dead. I'm really surprised that it hasn't happened in large scales here in the United States as Joe Biden and the Democratic political party seek on a daily basis to destroy this nation from within. And they're doing one hell of a job by allowing as many as 180 million illegal criminal law-breaking trespassers to invade our country. I had an email, thetruthhurtsprogram at gmail.com email, and it said, Steve Z., Why do you lie and say there are 180 million illegal immigrants here? The government says it's only 11 million. I'm going to spend a little bit of time for those of you new to the program. And by the way, thank you and welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is a pleasure to entertain you, enlighten you, inform you, educate you, and give you the news. I come up with 180 million illegal criminal law-breaking trespassing migrants based on some pretty simple numbers that were agreed to by Barack Hussein Obama, by Joseph Robinette Biden, by Donald Trump, by Alejandro Mayorkas, and even people like Hillary Rotten Clinton, and former and current Border Patrol officials and agents. I'll take you way, way back to the year that Barack Hussein Obama became the president. When he got on television and said, we would like to provide amnesty for the 11 million illegal immigrants already in the country. Those were the 11 million we knew about. And at that time, the Border Patrol agents, whom I've known for decades, 
all told me, you know, if we catch one and we run after him and we detain him and we put him in handcuffs or zip ties and try and figure out who he is, for every one that we catch, this was back when Barack Obama first became the president, way back when, for every one that we catch, Ronnie, my Border Patrol agent buddy said, five get away. Another guy named Mark, who worked with the Border Patrol in higher level ranks, said, buddy, the true number is more like 15 get away for every one that we catch. One Border Patrol agent in a pickup truck or maybe two patrolling along the border encounters a group of 16 or 17 illegals criminally invading and trespassing into the United States of America. They scream out in English and then in Spanish, halt or, you know, we're going to pepper spray you or we're going to whatever. They can catch two. They usually catch the fatter, slower ones. But the rest of them get away, scurry off like rats into the dead of night. But using 11 million that Barack Hussein Obama claims were here the day he took office, times five, that would be 55 million, right? Do the math, plus the original 11 million, that's 66 million that were here when Obama first took office. My numbers may be going very much higher here, but just bear with me. 66 million. And then Barack Obama was in office for eight years with an average at that time of, let's just say, one million a year coming in. So another eight on top of 66 plus five to 15 times that eight. Then Donald Trump became the president lawfully, legally, rightfully despite all the Russia, Russia, Russia bullshit lies. And let's just say a million got in each of Donald Trump's four years. You do the math. You keep up. I'm driving. And for four years times, let's say a five to one gotaway ratio or 15, your choice. We're well over a hundred million at that point. Joe Biden, since taking office, according to recent Border Patrol and CBP figures, has allowed 8 million into the country. 8 million in three years. 8 times 5 million gotaways would be 40 plus 8 would be 48. But let's say it's more like that 15 to 1 gotaway ratio. Because we know the Border Patrol agents aren't catching very many. And everyone they catch, they just release into the country anyway. But let's use that 15 to 1 gotaway ratio. 15 times 8. Plus the 100 and some odd million between Barack Obama and Donald Trump's years in office. That is where, my friends, I come up with the 180 million illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants walk into any grocery store these days. You used to see a bunch of blonde-haired, blue-eyed Americans, Caucasians. You'd see one or two Asians, a handful of Black African-American 13% hyphenated minorities, 
and one or two Hispanics during your grocery trip. Now you're hard pressed to find even a one-to-one ratio of Hispanics versus everybody else. Here's my question for you, and I'd like you to ask an African-American. We're going to call this segment Ask an African-American here on the Truth Hurts program. Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. I want you to ask the next African-American with whom you have a conversation, how do they feel being displaced as the number one minority in the country? That will boil their blood. That'll get their chicken wing grease in an uproar. That'll get the watermelon seeds moving. That'll get the soul train derailing. That will get the hip hop hop hipping. Okay. Ask them this question. How does it feel that you are no longer the most important minority in America? The Democrat Party still uses the blacks, still abuses the blacks, still panders to them and the dumbasses in the black community keep voting Democrat, even though 70 years of voting for Democrats has not lifted them out of poverty, has not improved their educational scores, has not improved their economic positions, has not improved their social skills, has not elevated them from the dregs of our society position that the Democrats put them in and keep them in. They still haven't learned their lesson that despite being lied to year after year after year and election after election after election, They are no better off now than they were in 1954. They're still the top of the crime charts, still the top of the welfare recipient charts, still at the bottom of every metric that counts, education, society, you name it, employment, the bottom, the dead bottom in every category that counts. Despite being lied to election cycle after election cycle after election cycle by the Democrats, the Democrats try to blame the Republicans. They try to come up with lies like the white man's finna put you back in chains. And they fall for the lie every election cycle, over and over, on cue, like clockwork. They listen to the dog whistles of the Democrat Party, and yet, here we are. Look at it, top of the crime, bottom of the education, bottom of society, bottom of the economy, tops in welfare recipients, uneducated as a whole when compared to the Asians, the whites, and even the illegal immigrant Hispanics along with the legal Hispanics. So ask an African-American the next time you see them. Are African-Americans being invited to stay for free in five-star hotels in New York City, in Chicago, in Detroit, in Louisville, in St. Louis, in San Francisco, in Portland, in Los Angeles, in Atlanta, in Miami? in Charleston, in Charlotte? 
The answer, of course, is no. So ask an African-American, why is it that the more important minority now is getting all the freebies while governments are having to tighten their purses on the freebies being given to the African american 13% hyphenated minority communities. Do you see any midnight basketballs? Any midnight basketball centers opening up to keep the young African american thugs off the street? No. Do you see handouts and giveaways and brand new iPhones and blue jeans and tennis shoes and shirts and pants? and free air-conditioned bus and airplane and train rides for the Latinos who come here illegally? Yes, you do. Ask an African-American the next time you see one. It can be a stranger. Well, you might not want to do that. That might cause you some violence against you. But ask one of your coworkers, your buddies, your neighbors. Guys you play basketball with, or a round of golf with, or tennis, or pickleball. Steve Z, do black people play pickleball? I'm sure there's one or two. Ask ask an African-American the next time you see one, how does it feel to be relegated to the back of the minority bus once again? Ooh too soon? Of course not. When you do, you can point out the fact that the African Americans aren't receiving the same type of coddling of giveaway programs as their Latino illegal immigrant counterparts are receiving. What? You mean to tell me that I'm not going to get no raise in my food stamps this year because Joe Biden be giving all that food stamp money to the illegal immigrants and they be taking our jobs and they be coming here and after just like one generation they be speaking English better than we do just like them Asian like them Vietnamese just like them Koreans just like them Japanese just like them Chinese man it's some bullshit here ask an African American how do they feel about being put to the back of the bus when it comes to being a minority in this country. Remember, the Black African American 13% hyphenated minority only represents 13% of our 331 million lawful citizen population. There are only about 42 million blacks in the United States of America, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. If there are 180 million Latinos illegally here, plus the 39 million legal Latinos here, then even the whites are now a minority. Think about that. In a nation of 332 million people, plus another 180 million illegal. Let's say there's actually 500 million bodies on American soil right now. Half a billion. 500 million bodies here. 
if 180 million are illegal Latinos and another close to 40 are legal Latinos, well, there you're sitting at what? 320 million Latinos. Sure makes the Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minority a much weaker minority in the eyes of the Democratic political party to whom they owe everything? I guess not. All right, folks, I digress. Time to move to a different topic. We are in Mardi Gras season, Mardi Gras 2024, a declining party. Not nearly what it was 50 years ago when I was a 10-year-old lad attending Mardi Gras parades. Back in the day when I was a young man, there were some 50 or 60 Mardi Gras crews, Mardi Gras organizations, Mardi Gras parades. About the 7th day of January each year is a, I guess I call it pagan holiday known as Twelfth Night. Twelve days after Christmas Day, the carnival season begins. And it's 40 days, give or take, of debauchery, of Mardi Gras parades, of celebrations, parties in the streets, revelry. And when I was a kid, pretty much for three to four weeks out of that 40 days, you could find a Mardi Gras parade or some type of event, some type of public event. That's the way it was. Now, and I'm not going to blame it on just COVID, and I'm not just going to blame it on Joe Biden's Bidenomics, his inflation, the recession we did go through briefly, the high interest rates he's brought forth, the empty shelves. Mardi Gras now is kind of a smattering of what it used to be. Mardi Gras Day this year is the 13th day of February. So it's two weeks from now. Back when I was a young man, three weeks before Mardi Gras, there was a parade every night in New Orleans. And just about every night in Jefferson Parish, which adjoins New Orleans. It's the next parish or county over from New Orleans. As a teenager, I would park the old Mustang GT on Severn Avenue in Metairie, Louisiana and pretty much leave it there and sleep in it some nights, have friends drive me out to the parade, hang out in the Mustang with an ice chest and maybe a small barbecue grill, and we would party for certain 10 to 12 straight days in a row and definitely without any reservation in saying this the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday before Mardi Gras and then all day and deep into the night on Mardi Gras day that is what we used to do non-stop parades and parties 
Well, here we are in 2024. Already four or five Mardi Gras crews have made last minute cancellations saying, just can't do it. The people can't afford the Mardi Gras costumes or the throws, the beads, the the doubloons, the trinkets, the things that are thrown from the Mardi Gras parades. Couldn't afford the dues to keep up with their membership in the Mardi Gras organizations. And many of them this year at the last minute, here two weeks before the big Mardi Gras showdown, they just folded up tents and said, screw it, we can't do it. Now this, of course, in addition to the dozens of Mardi Gras crews and organizations that have simply folded up, closed shop, and no longer exist since, well, I hate to say it, the third year of Barack Hussein Obama's presidency. Several made comebacks during Trump's first three years, and then COVID hit, and then Joe Biden's Bidenomics hit, and was the nail in the coffin of many Mardi Gras organizations, and not just the Mardi Gras crews themselves, but members of those organizations who just can't afford it. They have to feed their families. They have to put double the price of fuel in their cars because, yes, the price of fuel is still double what it was at parts of Donald Trump's presidency. Don't believe me? Go fill up your tank. Look back at your gasoline credit card bill or your regular credit card bill that you used at the pump to pump fuel during Donald Trump's second year in office, third year in office, first year in office. You'll know now that you're paying double. You're paying double for fuel. In many instances, you're paying 40% more for food items, rent, house notes, car notes. No one can afford to be part of the Mardi Gras. On top of that, you take the massive crime wave brought forth since Democratic Party prosecutors decided they don't want to prosecute certain ethnic minorities because they be growed up in some poor living conditions. They be having some economic issues. That's why they be stealing. And it's okay to steal because them companies got some insurance. And the insurance going to pay for all the stuff that they done looted and stole out your store and shoplifted. So companies have had to raise their prices for people like you and me who work hard, who pay taxes, and who actually go out and purchase the things we want and need. So yeah, this year, you would think right now, under normal circumstances, with two weeks before Mardi Gras, there should be a parade on at least Thursday night in Metairie, Louisiana, and in New Orleans. There are none. Friday night, there will be one parade in New Orleans, and I believe the Jefferson Parish Parade just canceled. Saturday, hey, there's my passport. Sorry for the interruption. Saturday would be a parade in New Orleans and one or two in Metairie, and Sunday again. And then the whole next week would have been filled with parades, but not this year, my friends. So if you're planning on coming to New Orleans, plan on being mugged or carjacked, or raped, or robbed, or battered, or assaulted, stabbed, or shot. Sorry, folks, the downfall of doing this program while driving. 
and plan on the urine in the streets of the French Quarter again because, well, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell had a falling out with the sanitation company that was keeping the French Quarter damn near spotless, I must say. Donald Trump was the president and he had nothing to do with the city of New Orleans, but there happened to be a company called IV Waste, like the Roman numeral four, IV Waste, had a contract with the city of New Orleans, and I mean, they came through there with lemon-smelling cleansers at night, pressure washed the streets, scrubbed the streets and the sidewalks in the French Quarter every single night, and especially during carnival season. Not anymore. The urine, the feces, the drug paraphernalia, all of the debauchery is back in the quarter. The crime, of course, the carjackings, the muggings, the robberies, the pickpockets, they're all back too. All right, gang, that's going to do it for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. I'll see you on the next one. Go out there and make it a great day. And uh, try and stay safe out there. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautics.